0: Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Blow Off Valve podcast, episode number 11. We're uh, Alex and Tucker, your hosts, and we discuss basically anything we find interesting in the automotive world each week, as well as motorsports. Uh, this week's going to be a very motorsports-centric episode as the Formula One season kicked off in Bahrain with the uh, 21 Secure Grand Prix. So um, pretty exciting coming out of winter testing. There was a lot of question marks about maybe Mercedes reliability and Red Bulls were looking fast. And and so it was a, a lot of intrigue, more than I expected personally, going into uh, qualifying on Friday. And uh, qualifying didn't disappoint. Uh, Max Verstappen uh, was on pole about three tenths quicker than Lewis Hamilton. Uh, and then Valtteri Bottas was in third. Charles Leclerc had a hell of a drive getting into fourth uh, on the grid. And Pierre Gasly as well in the Alfatari, fifth on the grid followed uh, shortly by Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris in the McLarens. Carlos Sainz, uh, Charles' teammate at uh, Ferrari in eight. Fernando Alonso in his return to F1 with the Alpine F1 team, formerly Renault, uh, in ninth. And then Lance Stroll uh, rounding out the top 10 uh, in the Aston uh, Mercedes-powered car. So... Really kind of interesting uh, qualifying results. Was there anything about qualifying that kind of stood out to you, Tucker? Well, you know,
1: obviously we're in our new season now. And so there's been some names shuffling around, yeah. Uh, both in terms of uh, the players and, and where they're at, and then also some of the uh, constructors as well. So it's been interesting to kind of see people's moves and um, see where they've in in some ways stayed the same and in other ways have made some improvements um Mm -hmm. i was excited to see i don't know if it was maybe round two i can't remember which qualifying uh section it was but just to see how well uh ferrari you know was doing i think at one point they had that the fastest laps and so that was Mm -hmm exciting to see them back in contention after last yeah. year where they were really kind of a mid pack team.
0: Yeah. Um, and LeClerc has really driven the wheels off that car. Even last season <laughs> he was getting results that they probably didn't deserve.
1: <laughs> yeah, no exactly. I think Vettel was maybe underperforming <laughs> yeah, with the which car, which we'll get into today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um also, you know, Pierre Gasly you Know once yeah. again, just I mean, he's he's a little bit all over the place, but mm-hmm. I think every time he's out there, he's he's basically just trying to remind Red Bull a little bit,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> of, yeah, of why he wasn't happy, yeah, and why so he, that's he did, good to see, you know, yeah. I think he was he's doing his best to remind Red Bull that he deserves a seat, yeah. and so there are some subtle regulation changes regarding aerodynamics and the amount of downforce the cars are producing so all the cars were going slower um Mm -hmm. compared to the final race of last season uh which was also at secure uh in qualifying but interestingly the ferraris had the least decrease in their lap times so they're they seem to be least affected by the change so i was excited to see how they would do other than that i was excited to see the red bulls are going to be really competitive i i have kind of a soft spot for mclaren you know they've Mm -hmm. Zach Brown, as, as their, the head yeah. of the team, has really done a hell of a job kind of bringing that team from some of their worst finishes. Even just a few years ago now, they're right there in the mix for third and yeah. fourth in the Constructors' Championship the last couple of seasons. And then I was actually excited by Yuki Sonoda. Um, he was doing yeah. really well in the Alphatari. Yeah, and, uh, he had a good showing. Yeah, so pretty exciting. And then we got to the race today. And uh, so I think the first major kind of talking point was so something i didn't mention in qualifying so nikita mazapin and the haas uh spun during yeah qualifying. at least like, twice yeah and and really kind of hosed a couple people because it caused the yellow flag and sebastian vettel was one yeah. of those people. he got yeah, he took
1: the brunt of that
0: yeah he got a uh, grid placement penalty because they said he ignored the yellow flags. Right, yeah.
1: he didn't back off on his lap.
0: Right, so he had to start at the back of the grid for the race. Into basically on the third turn of the first lap of of Mazepin's Formula One debut, he spun it and put it into the wall and was <laughs> out of the race.
1: <laughs> Which I think uh, you know, both of us were.
0: I was we were cheering. Not going to so- do-
1: yeah, exactly. I was a and I was like, "Please don't be Nick Schumacher." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think. I mean, you could see. I don't know. I mean, you and I, we've talked about this. Um, maybe it'll take him some time to settle down, but it doesn't seem like he's there at all. Even yeah, you know, at this point, and it's kind of in, it's kind of a little bit suspect as we have also discussed you know that does he have the real qualifications to be here in f1 um the guy's a little bit of a loon on the track at times and off the track Mm -hmm. um and but you know at the end of the day it's f1 and he comes with a lot of money and so yeah he is for better or worse on the track
0: (laughs) yeah it's kind of like i told you during the race like i i you know, the guy was in the middle of pack in F2 last season, had had some physical altercations with people off track, you know, was wrecking people on the track. Just seems like amazed. a frankly dangerous driver. And and it would be one thing if he was, you know, one of these gentlemen drivers that comes into the sport more so in the past when, you know, it wasn't a $200, 300000000 million budget for a team. But these guys that would come in. And say I'll I'll give you X number of millions of dollars as a sponsor, but I also get to drive the car. You know yeah. those people in the past, you know the, the quote unquote gentleman drivers. You know they were kind of ridiculed because they weren't as skillful, obviously, uh, most of the time at least, as the professional drivers. But they weren't, you know, ridiculed for being kind of nasty people. They just they just weren't very good drivers. You know, and I think Mazepin's kind of a mixture of the worst of both worlds. I think he's kind of a nasty person, and he's not a particularly good driver. I mean, he's. A better driver than a lot of people don't get me wrong like he's put a lot of yeah. time in the sport but in qualifying he was like a full second or more off of mick schumacher's time which you know we expect the haas to be the slowest car on the grid so mick is really the only one you can compare him to and he's way right. slower than mick in qualifying um yeah and, you know a second over a, over one lap is a significant difference um, yeah or two cars that should be essentially the same aside from some minor setup suspension tweaks and stuff. Um, yeah. And so, the guy just
1: makes me a little bit nervous on the track in general, you know? Um, yeah. He's going to come in and feel like he's got something to prove. And right. You know, if he's got, if he does have somewhat of a reckless mindset, it's going to probably cause
0: issues over the I season is my he,
1: expectation.
0: Thus far he has been what I expected Lance Stroll to be. Yeah,
1: really good point, actually. He I was just thinking about that comparison um, as you were kind of listing off all those things. And, it, you know, at the end of the day, like, Stroll is not the best driver on the field, but he's not terrible. He's like a, um, no, he's
0: like a solid mid midfield driver.
1: Yeah, and he had uh, some really great races. I can't remember last season which race, where they were, but it was of you know, like a rained out race.
0: Yeah, it was a and, turkey. Uh, yeah,
1: Stroll led that most. He's great in the rain. Led most of the race. It kind of yeah. you know, he on
0: he, he put it on pole that race too in qualifying. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah. like he's you know, and he's he's actually like I mean, put the nepotism and all that stuff aside. Seems like mm-hmm. kind of a reasonable person as well. So he's not he's yeah. not like a complete jackass or something.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought he was just kind of I thought he he was a little bit of a a kind of a douchey guy. Because, you know, he came across that way in interviews at times. But then I realized that he... um, I listened to him in, like, a longer-form podcast on the F1 Behind the Grid podcast. And Mm -hmm. he actually comes across as a very nice guy. I think he actually, as weird as it sounds for an F1 driver and the son of a billionaire, I think he's kind of shy when it comes to, like, the media. And so he doesn't
1: always... He just comes across a certain way.
0: Right. He just kind of clams up when... You know, and it makes him come across as kind of aloof or a loo sure. for b- a bit of a jerk, especially if you're looking at him through the lens of like, oh, this kid is some billionaire's son, Yeah, you know, which is hard actually, not to. <laughs> yeah. But he actually in the, at least in the podcast, which, yeah. you know, cool. For, for over the course of an hour, he sounded like a very reasonable, nice guy. But I think Mazepin is kind of more what I was worried Stroll would be um, just kind of a, yeah. you know, he looks like he may be a bit of a menace out there. Yeah. <laughs> um and then the next incident was kind of early on and it was a bummer because uh Gasly made contact with Oh um, yeah with daniel ricardo and yeah, that basically tore tire. his front wing off yeah somehow didn't cause a puncture on ricardo's retirement i rest. am amazed
1: by that i agree with all the carbon fiber coming into yeah. contact there
0: well and like yeah. sharp carbon fiber like this is like the front spoiler with all those like very thin kind of yeah, wings aerodynamic and pieces yeah so gasly had to go in you know, drive half a lap without a front wing, which obviously you lose a lot of time and then get his front wing replaced. Ended up in in P16. He fought back a little bit, but when you've got a car that's kind of a mid-pack car already, and then you have like, you know, an accident that puts you 30, 40 seconds plus behind, like it was always going to be tough for him to recover.
1: Yeah, recover from that. Uh,
0: And then we got a Valtteri Botas, man, like (laughs) that pit stop.
1: Oh, I know. We were we were talking about he he's he, in
0: a tough position.
1: Right? I mean he's you know at a at a baseline, he's he's always kind of playing second fiddle uh to Lewis. He's you know always trying to prove himself. So yeah. he's obviously gotta push things a little bit, you know, and I remember a few races last year where, you know, he he pushed it and he's, you know, spinning out and uh and then you know, then there's other times where he just gets screwed, <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> and it always I, seems to roll downhill. <gasps> yeah, I know. It, he he has as much bad luck as Lewis does good luck. I think. And
1: yeah, that's a good way to put it.
0: So, so for those who didn't watch the race, uh, Botas went into pit. And they had an issue getting his right front tire off, and it basically cost him like ten seconds extra in the pit. And uh, so yeah. he he came out and had lost like three or four spots. And uh, he was able to he was able to fight back to third, which yeah. is a yeah. really yeah. nice yeah. drive on yeah. his part, honestly. But oh you know, gosh, yeah, prepare, it's, like you it's look at how much right? time he lost, and you think, look at his gap to to Max, who ended up in second. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a bit. You're like, man, he could have been right in the mix, if not for that.
1: Yeah, thirty-seven seconds was the gap. Yeah. Yeah. When he finished. And uh, you know, I just the Mercedes is such they are such a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. But when it, you know, goes down in flames, boy, does it go down in flames. I mean, yeah, what was it last well, it's, it's gonna it's be it's just like cars apocalyptic.
0: Cars. Yeah, it's not like yeah. a minor infraction no it was that cluster they had with him and george russell <laughs> the tire swap
1: oh that was so so brutal last mm-hmm. year that just crushed me gosh, <laughs> gosh, I george Russell,
0: uh, an easy i mean he was gonna walk away with that yeah. race yeah he uh, had that in the
1: bag it was all going according to plan and then it mm-hmm. just completely went off the that rails part.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i i feel bad for botas like he you know he's typical Finnish driver like he he doesn't get too too emotional but you could tell in the post-race interview he was pretty pissed and yeah. he was i i told you like when you're watching it i was like i think botas is gonna be what um vettel was last year and like he knows that he's probably going to be out after this season i think you know, most people think Russell's going to be taking his spot, whether or not Lewis stays. So I think he's just like, I got nothing to lose. So if the team yeah. is screwing me with strategy or...
1: Which it does at that, times seem like they are.
0: Yeah. I mean, they 100% have asked him in the past to let Lewis through on team orders. Yeah. And so I think he's just going to be like, I'm going to say whatever the hell I want. Because... It'll be. I think
1: yeah, it's really going interesting to, another, to See where
0: I, I think it's going to be interesting to to see like does he get another spot at a top tier team? That's
1: what I was just going to say. I wonder what's going to happen with him uh, mm-hmm. next year. He's not. It's not like the guy's a bad driver. And uh, no, I don't know what I can't remember how old he is, but I don't think he's like you know at the end of his career yet. So I I think he maybe makes a move to another team possibly, and it would be. I'd really love to see what he he can accomplish, you know, yeah. let's say if he was behind the wheel of like Red Bull or something. Yeah, um,
0: so he's I mean, he's
1: a good he, driver. So,
0: yeah, he's 31, so he's he's on the okay. older side, but not that old. I think he's still got a few good yeah, years. Yeah, not Kimi
1: Riken an in old.
0: Right. I think if he gets brought in to another like top-tier team, I think it would be as kind of a mentor to the young hotshot in the team. Like I could see Yeah. You good know, like him if it was a situation like he would go to Ferrari and coach up Leclerc or something, but I don't think mm-hmm. he's going to go there, but just as an example. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I definitely feel for <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so in just the first few laps of the race, Max Verstappen was actually complaining about some sort of technical issue. Yeah. It sounded like you're talking about the differential.
1: Um, yeah, I think so. That's what I heard them say.
0: But it didn't seem to impede his progress at all.
1: (laughs) No, I mean that's the thing we talked about that you know during the race. Sometimes you wonder if these guys are like you know throwing up kind of false flag type stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, you mentioned losing tires.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah. Oh, the tires are always going, (laughs) and then like, oh, what do you know? It's the fastest lap.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, you were like, oh, the tires are gone. Fastest lap. Fastest lap. The the rears are gone, Bono. Fastest lap. Did <laughs> I go yeah,
1: in? Did I go in?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's their way of like you know they're they have so much adrenaline going and they're so in tune with the car that if anything doesn't feel yeah. quite right, like they just start freaking out.
1: And um, that's true because it's like you know you know never know what the hell it's going to signal. You know, yeah. is it a nothing and it just goes away, or is it moments from a catastrophic failure? You know, like I get right. their paranoia for sure and. Th- and like you said, these things have basically become an extension of their body. And so yeah. they, know, they just spend so much time in them. They know what they sound like, feel like, all that yeah. feedback they get. They know I something's mean, off.
0: I mean, part of what makes them good drivers is their ability to give their engineers feedback from testing and qualifying mm-hmm. and saying like, ah, the rear's feeling a little loose. or I think you like... Know,
1: I think Max's feedback was, well, you better effing figure it
0: out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, he was still complaining about it. And they were like, We're monitoring the situation. There's something wrong. You should effing figure it out. Yeah, it was he was he was worked up, but obviously it didn't impede yeah. his progress. He finished, you know, finished second. But yeah, uh so unfortunately Fernando Alonso's return to F1 got cut short about 33 laps in. Uh, he ended up having to retire due to brake issues. And he was having a heck of a race. He was in the top 10. I think he was around seven or eight when he retired, leaving only Esteban Ocon for the Alpine team to fight it out. And Ocon really never was kind of in the mix. I was surprised. Yeah, you know, I, Renault, I agree. Renault was kind of always in that top top six, top eight position last yeah. year. And Ocon finished in 13th behind, and this was the shock to me, behind both Alfa Romeos. <laughs> yeah you know and we know i, don't know. I mean, not know cars
1: yeah and so that's you know every year there's you know this iterative process and sometimes you know you come out on top sometimes you don't it, it it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see how you know renault does over the next few races and, and maybe they'll bump back up i'm not sure yeah. maybe it's just a rough start i mean theoretically yeah. they should they should be successful i mean theoretically they probably should be a mid-pack you know, at least and um maybe at the top of that at times, depending maybe on the course or something.
0: Well, they were really battling with McLaren for for fourth last year. Exactly. With the horrible season Ferrari had. But I, I think it's really fascinating. Like, Ocon's one of those guys that I feel like wherever he starts in the grid is kind of where he ends up. I, I can't yeah. recall too many barnstorming drives from him to like make yeah. up five, six, seven places. I think Alonzo out of that team is much more likely to be the guy that's making up spots, fighting for fifth, sixth.
1: Yeah, getting seventh, scrappy. Third.
0: So you know, rough start for Alpine, but you know, I think they have one of the prettiest cars on the grid. So <laughs> hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll see it's, them uh, be competitive.
1: Yeah, it's a great looking car. I, I'm also a big fan of the new Aston Martin. Um, oh. I think those look great. It was interesting to see them. I mean, I had pretty high hopes. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, Vettel, I'm super curious what he does this year. Uh, Not a great start, but that, you know, kind of some technicalities there for Vettel. But I'm just so fascinated to see is he, is it the same story that we saw at Ferrari where maybe he doesn't have the hunger uh, Mm -hmm. like he did when he was in his early days winning championships? Um, Right. is he getting a lot of bad luck, kind of like which is what he seemed to also have with Ferrari? So I'm just yeah. super interested to see the his trajectory this season.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, last season with Ferrari, he it just if something was going to go wrong, it was going to be with him. Like, like Le- Leclerc had a couple crashes when he was pushing, um, yeah. particularly at Monza. But, you know, Vettel, you know, was, if he has one, one bad season, classic. you say, okay, well, he maybe had a rough yeah. one. But mm-hmm. if he goes to Aston Martin this year and just has another absolute like stinker of a season, you gotta yeah. say like maybe maybe that's it. He's kinda lost the fire and, and isn't pushing mm-hmm. like he normally would have in the past. I mean he, he finished fourteenth this race and he started the back of the grid, so he did make up some spots, but he mm-hmm. made up spots on people he should beat. Like he beat the Williams. Yeah he beat that's the true
1: and let's see i'm trying to think so lance stroll he finished uh 10th tenth.
0: Tenth. so he got a, he got so, a point for the team which you is know good.
1: yeah so yeah it'll be interesting to see how that all kind of shakes out because last year those the racing point cars were like pretty good it was impressive to watch them race at, at times
0: yeah. Yeah. So I I was hopeful that the Aston Martins would be right in the mix. And I thought this was Vettel's chance to at least be getting back on podiums. Yeah. So it doesn't, not a great start because I don't, you know, I don't think his qualifying was very good either. Yeah. So we'll have to to wait and see, but I did enjoy watching the McLaren's going though. Like Lando had a hell of a race. Um, Yeah, he
1: really did. He was what, yeah, finished in fourth and was in third for a while.
0: Yeah, while Botas was kind of making up ground from that that pit, the pit stop issue. Another guy that made up a ton ton of space was Sergio Perez.
1: You know, he went totally true, right? I mean, he. Didn't I thought he got voted driver of the day, and I'd say he probably yeah. earned that if he did, because he was, of where yeah. he started. I mean, that's a real triumph. Well, think and about it just that race. Shows you how fast those uh, Red Bulls are. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: Well, think, think about his race the on the formation lap. He loses power. Yeah, exactly. Just sitting there, <laughs> just sitting there, and he, then they're able to get it going again.
1: Yeah, they were about he, to wheel it off, and he he waved him off like no.
0: It's yeah, bad. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so then he's able to to take part. I think he had to start from the pit. Yeah, he did, and, right? <laughs> and so he, he basically was. I think he was back in like fifteenth or sixteenth, at least, and just stormed all the way back to finish fifth, which is a, a huge result for for Red Bull. You know, hell the drive. I it. totally agree. I mean,
1: agree. I mean at the beginning of that year too. Yeah, exactly. He did. He was crushing it, and then at the beginning of the race, you're like, oh shit, this is. You know, the same stuff was happening to him last year with engine, you know, power failures and stuff. But I think the difference is the Red Bull team is going to look at that outcome and be like, we made the right decision here.
0: Look at what he accomplished.
1: I think they'll feel good about
0: that. I mean, compared to, I think they would look at that race and say, okay, if Alex Albon was in that car, he would would have been seventh or eighth. You know, like he would not. Yeah, he might have. He,
1: he well, The difference would be like... Or
0: he would have crashed uh, trying to make up places. Exactly.
1: He, he would have <laughs> been pushing and pushing and pushing, which is great, but he would have spun it out at some point yeah. and then lost that momentum that he had, whereas Sergio just kind of steadily executed yeah. and well, that's, carved his way back up.
0: In listening to Christian Horner, the Red Bull team principal, one of the things that was really attractive to them about Sergio was the cons- his consistency. Basically, yeah. it didn't matter what <coughs> car you put him in, he was going to be competitive with every other team that was kind of in their range. If you put him in a mid pack car, he was going to be near the top of the mid pack. You know, I mean, he just is a very consistent driver. Yeah, you know, very likable guy too. Honestly, as a super human being, likeable. super super nice guy. His his episode. There's an episode that focuses on Racing Point in the the third season of Drive to Survive and you just you you root for the guy like i mean yeah he seems like exactly. such a nice dude who had just rotten luck like you said with power fit you know engine failures <laughs> and yeah. stuff and, and then had like all. yeah and and then you know had his big redemptive win last season um yeah that
1: was so good to see
0: and th- and that was actually the race at least according to the tv series the documentary series like that may have been the race that kind of put it over the top I to, agree. to bring him in. I,
1: I think you're right. I think everyone was just looking at it at that point and just thinking like, how in the hell could you not pick him up? Like if this right. guy gets sidelined, it is a complete yeah. poor decision, <laughs> you know?
0: Well, it, it just would show like why money is more, <clears throat> more important than talent. Yeah. Like if you had guys like Milespin on, on track and you have a guy like Perez who not only is a hell of a driver, but is super likable. And really a yeah. fan favorite. He's the only Mexican driver and has, uh, you know, I think a lot of support from that. It just would have been a shame to not see him on track. So great drive from him. Uh, excited to see him maybe competing even more with the Red Bulls. So and then kind of the final issue of the day was uh, so Lewis Hamilton won, which is not a big right. surprise. But the way the in usual way- suspects I
1: mean, is what I always say. Y- yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: The way in which he won, though, was an issue. Yeah. Which I want to talk about freaking track limits. (laughs) (laughs) I know.
1: I think they alluded to it so well at the end of the race that we need to start the race and we need to say, these are the effing track limits. Yeah. And if you mess with them, you're going to get warned. And if you go over them, you're going to get penalized. Because like I was saying to you, these guys are not idiots. Like this is their day job and they're the best in the world. And so when they think there's an advantage, they will take
0: take it. it. Totally. And
1: especially people like Lewis and those guys that are just veterans at this, they know like there is an advantage tucked in that corner for me. And if I can sneak through that for Mm -hmm. seven, eight laps before anybody gets on my case, that has an impact. I mean, that's how you win a race. It's a combination of decisions across, you know, 52 laps. Right, and so, so it, it has an it has an outcome.
0: It reminds me of something Adrian Newey said in his book. Adrian Newey's the designer for you know most of Red Bull's F one cars, and he's done you know worked with other teams as well. He said, "My job as a designer is to see the gaps in what the FIA regulations are, and see what's not strictly illegal, and use it." Yeah. And and I and <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. it's the same. It's the same for the drivers. Like if you're you, if you tell me ahead of time you're gonna be watching corners three, five, and seven for <laughs> track limits violations, and I know that if I take turn four and go slightly off track, I can get that away with it. Line, <laughs> then if, if, if I'm gonna if do it, I'm gonna do it. And it, and if that's it that saves me two tenths a lap. Then over fifty laps, you know, I'm gonna save ten seconds.
1: So and that exactly it's a
0: huge gap in F. I mean, that's a huge gap in F one.
1: You know, and it was funny because I remember as I was watching the race, Bull actually radioed Max and they were like, uh, you need to be taking advantage of that cornice. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because Lewis is taking advantage of it every time.
0: (laughs) So what what so basically what happened, uh, for those who may not have seen the race is that Lewis Hamilton was consistently violating. I don't know if he was tech, He was going off He was track. definitely over the, yeah. Whether yeah. or not you want to say that's violating track limits. As far as my understanding of track limits, he's outside of the bombs, basically yeah. the rumble strip uh, of the curb. So he's <clears throat> completely off the track and he was doing this lap after lap after lap. And so finally Red Bull said, Hey, Max take the same line as Lewis because he's not getting penalized for it. And it's faster. Um, yeah. They didn't say it in those exact words, but that, that right. was the implication. So in the, I think it was lap maybe 52 of 56, Verstappen has DRS, gets right up close to Lewis, passes him on the outside of this corner that Lewis had been violating track limits all day on takes the same line essentially Lewis did to pass Hamilton. And then immediately race, race control calls Red Bull and says, Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. you got to give that back to him. Max. Max needs to give the place first place back to Lewis because that was track limits violation. So Max has to give up the spot. He probably not very wisely gives up the spot right away instead of giving yeah, up the spot waiting until
1: track. Yeah where it's a less straight away or something. for lewis
0: yeah. yeah exactly and so then lewis and i mean it was a hell of a drive on his part lewis was on tires that were 10 laps older than max's and still held him off for the remainder of the, the last three yeah. laps. but it was just like you have got to be shitting me like how lewis has it's been just, doing yeah it was brutal <laughs> lewis has been doing this it, it's it's just I, it's not even luck. It's just like, they're literally handing Mercedes yet another victory. And I, I have no love for Verstappen. Like, yeah. And, I and think quite frankly, I don't man. have any love for Red Bull racing. Like I think Christian Horner's kind of comes off to me as a bit of a douche in the Netflix series. Yeah. And Verstappen is definitely comes across as kind of a douche, but yeah. it's just frustrating to see a team that doesn't need help. Like, exactly. like Mercedes doesn't mm-hmm. need help continually get these sort of breaks. Um, yeah.
1: And the, Thing about it, you know, I mean, it's kind of difficult because I, I guess I suppose that uh, Lewis had the racing line at that point. And so that either Max is going to have to go off the track or he's going to have to just tuck back in behind him. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, like you alluded to during the race, you know, having been pushed that far out, probably Mm. soaked up a bunch of shit onto the tires and then, you know, subsequently, he was not carving much time out of Lewis's lap times whereas before he was shaving like a half a second of lap at one
0: point yeah no I yeah I think when he went outside on onto that line you know secure being in the desert I think he picked picked up some sand and it took him at least a lap or two to get his tires clean again and And by
1: then it was it that was it it was
0: over yeah and and Max was frustrated (laughs) like he basically said after the race like to his his engineers like hey why'd you make me give up the spot if they gave well me five yeah seconds, i could have gapped lewis by five seconds which you and, and i uh, disagree that he would have yeah
1: I, I don't think he could have done that but right. i do remember at one point in the race you know when they told him like hey you need to be taking this line that that hamilton is he was like how is that effing not legal or illegal right. you illegal. know right yeah he's, he's straight up stupid past him, like, how's,
0: how's that not <laughs> track limits violations and, yeah. and the problem is it's a rule that's so seemingly randomly applied so like it is very nebulous them, yeah they told them in qualifying like we're, we're not, not in, we're not you know basically we're not monitoring track limits track limits <laughs> and then they, <laughs> and they said, said we right and then they said we're going to watch turn 4 and then but they didn't say anything for the actual race, like whether there'd be monitoring track limits, whether they wouldn't be, (laughs) if it was only certain corners. And And that's the thing that these F1
1: drivers, they're all listening to. Like they know exactly what that means. Perfect. They're not checking. I know I can save time if I take this exit or this corner or this entry. And um, so they, they know, like they listen to that stuff.
0: Yeah. And it's so frustrating because I remember watching, Albon a couple times last season get penalized for track limits violations. All, when the, his time. Tire All like the time was like an inch off of the freaking <laughs> curve. And that's like, like wait a minute. Oh,
1: Jesus Christ, really? Yeah, yeah no, exactly. So, <laughs> so, so they
0: made so they made Verstappen give give the spot back up because he gained an advantage by violating track limits, but it's like, yeah. well, I think that's bullshit because just because Lewis wasn't passing anybody on those 20 laps where he was doing the same thing yeah. doesn't mean he wasn't gaining a man. She's making yeah. a point, you know, two tenths of a second a lap by doing that line.
1: I'll tell you what, though. I mean, this is the first race of the season, and my heart was racing at the end there thinking, oh, holy yeah. shit, Max is going to catch him. <laughs> we're yeah. we're going like, to see what we've all been waiting yeah. for. Yeah, he's know? clawing for him years, back. <laughs> and I think at the end of the day, the truth is when you look at what Max accomplished and you look at what Sergio accomplished, like those Red Bulls are not messing around this year.
0: Like no, they it's have gonna be excellent may-
1: power plants. I think Lewis is going to be squirming more, yeah. more often than he was accustomed to last year.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a two-horse race, but I'll take that over a freaking one-horse race like it's been the last two years. Amen. You know? Amen. So. Well, I think that's gonna about do it, man. Is there anything else you want to add from from the race, from the qualifying? No, that
1: was that sounds good. It's a great race. Really looking forward to having F1 back. Um, got a nice long season ahead of us, so it should be a yeah. lot of fun.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's it's a I I hope a very good harbinger of things to come. You know, if we can get some more races at the top of the grid and and in the mid pack like we had, yeah. now, it's gonna be awesome. So, um, well. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Um, we uh, actually, Tucker and I are both working next weekend, but we're going to record an episode during the week uh, this week. That'll be kind of our more customary news and discussion type of show. And uh, we'll be able to put that out next weekend. So we won't won't miss out on a week of, of podcasts. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, check us out on Instagram at the Blofeld podcast. Um, it's a great, good place to kind of keep up with when shows are coming out, you know, interact with us, let us know, you know, what you want to hear about on the show, topics for discussion, how you feel about, you know, anything we said that, uh, you disagree with and, uh, until next week. Thanks so much.